1: Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities.
2: Oh, can we please share some of the unfortunateness that
3: happened this morning? <laughs> I hate my translating app you are so happy when you got it too oh, it's great because well in theory anyway you just press the screen and you, you speak in english and then it verbally translates it as well as text uh to spanish and then they just press your screen and speak in spanish and it does the same in english mm-hmm. so i try it and i keep getting these perplexing looks from people.
2: Yeah, the guy trying to hook up our internet was very confused.
3: Yeah, and so he would say something, and the app would translate it back. Uh, I said something about when can we get this hooked up, and he said, it may be that you re-illuminated re-illum- from the bathroom paint face of all the free fight.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Right, um, and, which was
2: important information to know.
3: Yeah, and... <laughs> And I said, I asked him another question, and and he looked at me in a very bewildered way and said something, and it translated to, and I would be all the discussion, this tastes the key you call from the option to make an instance and pretend is the third primate and mystery.
2: Primate and mystery.
3: Boy, he really knows what I'm interested in. I'll tell you what, mysteries and primates. (laughs) Anyway, this app blows. <laughs> what do we need a new app? I can only imagine what I've been saying to these people, people who are so kind and forgiving and patient with mm-hmm. me, and I'm telling them things like Ham sandwich, rubber McFishery underwear, geriatric curvaceously mucking squirrels with nipples and tiptoe resting machinery. The, Question mark.
2: The look on his face when, from the other room, I went necesitas ayuda, and he went, "Oh yes."
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I went all right, I'll be right over.
1: Oh boy.
3: <laughs> anyway, I got a story for you. Are you ready? I am ready. In the bustling heart of Chihuahua, Mexico, among the vibrant colors and the lively streets, lies a bridal shop with an eerie secret. La Popular, a modest bridal store, has become an unlikely tourist destination, and it draws curious onlookers from all over the place.
2: Because of their wild fashions? Well,
3: maybe that has something to do with it, but the attraction that's drawing most of the people is a lifelike mannequin, gracefully posed in the window, adorned in a vintage bridal gown. La Pasqualita, as she is affectionately known, is no ordinary mannequin. Her startlingly realistic features and expressive eyes have given rise to a legend that's endured for over 100 years.
2: This mannequin's been around for a hundred years? In the
3: same store window, wearing the same gown. Wow. Some believe that La Pasqualita is more than just fiberglass and paint. The legend tells a tragic tale an enduring, of an enduring mother's love that transformed a young bride frozen in time on her wedding day into an eternal symbol of beauty. Now, the whispers grow louder as time goes on and those who pass by claim they feel that her eyes actually follow them, as if she was still alive. The mystery of La Pascualita, the Mexican corpse bride, a story that blurs the line between myth and reality. The legend takes a very chilling turn into the realm of supernatural. It's a tale that's tragic and mysterious. And according to local folklore, La Pascualita is not a mere mannequin, but the preserved body of the previous shop owner's daughter. Over the years, the details of the legend have grown and fueled by eyewitness accounts of the mannequin's lifelike gaze and those who swear they've seen her change, change position overnight. What? The myth of La Pascualita continues to thrive. It's a haunting testament to love and loss and the lingering question that echoes through the streets of Chihuahua. Could the Mexican corpse bride be real? The mystery surrounding the true nature of La Pascualita feeds the imagination and people from all walks of life find themselves drawn to this little bridal shop in Chihuahua seeking a glimpse of this enigmatic figure. Some come as skeptics only to leave with a sense of wonder, while others arrive as believers, feeling a connection to the tragic story and the possibility of something otherworldly.
2: Has anyone ever, like, lobbed off a finger or something to see what's inside?
3: The shop owners will only allow a certain amount of investigation. They neither confirm nor deny the story. Aha. Uh-huh. But even those who dismiss the legend as mere folklore can't deny the allure of La Pascualita. Her lifelike presence seems to beckon inviting questions and challenging our own understanding of reality. Now, here is the story, The Legend of La Pascualita. It finds its roots in a story as timeless as love itself, and it's tragic as fate's cruel twists can be. The story goes that this young woman was the daughter of the bridal shop's owner, she was the embodiment of joy and anticipation as she prepared for her most important day of her life, her wedding day. It was a celebration of love and a symbol of hope and dreams of a coming future. But destiny had other plans. On her wedding day, tragedy struck in the form of a venomous black widow spider. Oof. The bride had been bitten and the deadly venom quickly took its toll. Despite desperate attempts to save her life, she passed away on her wedding day, leaving behind a family shattered by grief and a mother who had lost her heart's treasure. The mother's sorrow knew no bounds, and she was unable to reconcile with the cruel reality that uh, her, her daughter had been stolen away from her on her daughter's wedding day. So, driven by a love that transcended death, she resolved to preserve her daughter's image for eternity. Through embalming. She captured her daughter's youthful radiance, sealing it in time as a testament to love's enduring power.
2: Now, embalming really wasn't a big thing then, right? No,
3: it was. A hundred years ago, that would have been in the 20s, and embalming really got a foothold during the Civil War. So it had been around for, you know, 50, 60, 70 years.
2: Okay. But even then, eyeballs for a hundred years?
3: My Yeah, I question that, too. My thought is they, like a taxidermist, would put eyeballs in or something. I, right. I really don't know. But this is how the story of La Pascualita was born. Okay. A lifelike figure that would become an enigmatic symbol forever poised in bridal elegance. Her eyes reflecting a story both of beauty and tragedy. Her presence in the shop window is a haunting, haunting reminder that life can be cut short But love refuses to die. Now, this is the story behind it all.
2: Do they still have that dress that she's wearing for sale?
3: I'm not sure if you can buy the dress or not. But the decision to preserve a loved one's body might seem unthinkable to most people. Yeah. But the mother was very heartbroken. And it was an act of profound love and devotion on her part, as the story goes. Faced with an unbearable loss, she sh- she sought to keep her daughter's memory alive in a way that transcended mere photographs and uh, mementos. The alleged embalming of her daughter's body was more of an attempt to capture a physical likeness. It was a way to immortalize the essence of who her daughter was, a beautiful bride forever frozen in time. Now, the exact process of preservation um, must have been something that was a little bit ahead of its time as you mentioned this was relatively early in the science of embalming but uh, there are no details on the method but the result of La Pascualita is truly amazing whether you think it's the preserved body of a dead woman or a mannequin Because it is so lifelike. Now, the decision to put her in the store window might seem to be a little odd as well, but also may have been motivated by a combination of factors, including the desire to keep the memory of the daughter alive and possibly even draw attention to the store's bridal wear. However, the real motives, again, Part of the legends mystery
2: i think it's a great selling point look this dress it's so lovely it even looks good on a corpse
3: if we can make a corpse look good <laughs> think what we can do for you the mystique surrounding la pasqualita is further fueled by numerous anecdotes and claims from locals and tourists alike some visitors swear they have seen her eyes follow them as they move around the store others recount a feeling of being watched or a sudden chill in the air as they approach the mannequin.
2: I love the idea that it's actually the store owner's daughter and that she has been embalmed and that it really is just this corpse that has been preserved and she's just sitting there judging the shit out of everyone. <laughs> she's like, oh, mermaid gown, yeah. No, yeah. that's totally sure. great choice yeah. for that shape. Don't
3: say <sighs> yes to that dress. Maybe her eyes are like closed-circuit TV cameras. <laughs> Anyway, there have even been reports of La Pasqualita changing positions overnight with no logical explanation. Shop employees have shared stories of unsettling experiences, adding to the lore that surrounds this mysterious figure. Now, her face is an exquisite portrayal of youth and beauty, and it bears an expression that seems to change with the observer's angle and mood. You mentioned the eyes, the eyes in particular, they hold a depth and a sparkle that many have described as soulful, even aware. They're crafted with such precision that it is not uncommon for visitors to feel as though they're being watched. And judged. And judged. But the real thing that people point to is La Pasqualita's hands. They're truly astounding. They're not just simply posed, they are sculpted with lifelike veins, delicate wrinkles and a texture that one would expect to find on living skin. The artistry is so remarkable that it challenges the boundaries of craftsmanship, turning an inanimate object into something that appears to be almost alive. When compared to other mannequins and lifelike figures from the 1920s and 30s, La Pasqualita's uniqueness becomes even more pronounced. The level of realism she embodies was far ahead of her time. While other figures from the era might capture a likeness of a human form, none that we've been able to find anyway achieve the same level of intricate detail or emotional resonance. This is truly, if it's not a body, it's a remarkable work of art.
2: I would like to see a photo, please.
3: Here's a few photos, one of her face, which in all fairness could go either way. I mean, it's it's strikingly authentic looking, but you know, it could be a mannequin. But look at the hand remarkable detail, even the crisscrossing of the skin. It looks so, so real.
2: Oh wow, you're not lying. Oh God, look at that.
3: It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, the fingernails, the the cuticles, it's just wow. In the world of art and sculpture, La Pasqualita is a marvel moving past her era, defying conventional understanding. She
2: does need a manicure though.
3: The Mexican corpse bride, is not just a subject of legend. She's a testament to the artistry and perhaps, perhaps, maybe something even more profound. The legend has entranced believers and curiosity seekers for generations. It is uh, not escaped, however, the scrutinizing gaze of skeptics, of course. To them, the story of the Mexican corpse bride is a combination of folklore and vivid imagination and perhaps even some clever marketing. Skeptics point to the lack of concrete evidence supporting the claim that the mannequin is an embalmed body. Mm. They argue that a preserved human body, even if expertly embalmed, would exhibit some signs some signs of decomp or wear, something that La Pasqualita does not appear to show.
2: She does have a chip on her nose, though.
3: I have noticed that. Several investigations and examinations have been conducted over the years to debunk or support the myth. Forensic experts and historians have studied photographs with first-hand accounts, but access to the mannequin for close inspection has been notably limited, which, of course, adds to the intrigue and mystery. Some investigators have concluded that La Pascualita's lifelike appearance is nothing more than the work of an exceptionally skilled craftsman, one like we have never seen from that period of time. Artisans and historians have further supported this perspective, uh, crediting the realism to advanced techniques and materials that were available at the time. They say that the figure is a masterpiece of wax or some other sculpting substance, skillfully manipulated to achieve this hauntingly realistic effect. Now, the shop owners They've, for over a hundred years, remained largely silent.
2: That's so clever. I love
3: it. On the matter. They won't confirm it. They won't deny it. And of course, this just adds fuel to the fire. Of course. It's pretty smart. (laughs) But despite the arguments of skeptics and the lack of definitive proof, the legend endures. The balance between fact and fiction remains delicate, each examination leading to more questions rather than answers. So the legend of La Pascualita has woven itself into the culture in the tapestry of Chihuahua, Mexico, and far beyond that as well, capturing in the imagination of those who encounter her. From her incredible lifelike appearance to the tragic tale of love and loss, La Pascualita embodies a mystery that defies really an easy explanation. Even if it's not the embalmed corpse of somebody who died on her wedding day over a hundred years ago, It's a remarkable artistic achievement. Investigations have been conducted. Opinions have been formed. But the enigma remains. La Pascualita continues to watch the world through her sparkling eyes. Judging. Silently judging. (laughs) A bride forever poised on the threshold of matrimony. My source information, all that's interesting. Atlas Obscura and Ripley's, believe it or not, La Pascualita, the Mexican Corpse Bride.
1: That thing in the middle.
3: As hard as it may be to believe, McDonald's didn't open its first drive-through window until 1975. It happened in Sierra Vista, Arizona. This particular McDonald's location was close to a military installation called Fort Huachuca. Fort Huachuca forbid military members to exit their vehicles off post while wearing combat uniforms. McDonald's solution? Open a window and pass the food to the military members still in their cars. Brian sent an email today after work on my short drive home. I lifted the lid of the new box, numbers 564, high altitude archery, and began to cautiously peer inside. (laughs) When I got home, I closed the lid and refrigerated the leftovers. Later in the evening, when my wife was in the middle of informing me to keep our 11-month-old son quiet so she could make a work call, I decided to open the lid once more. This time, I did not cautiously peer inside, which in hindsight is... When everything went horribly wrong, I instead ripped the lid open and loudly resumed J.G.'s story. At the exact point, he said, quote, self-abuse, which was a term commonly used at the time for masturbation. (laughs) He was caught masturbating and they sent him to an Illinois asylum. I should have cautiously peered inside and now I feel as though I was caught with my pants down. Mm -hmm. I looked at my wife and said, I honestly didn't know what I was listening to. (laughs) She's now in her home office on her call. Love all you guys do. Honestly, Brian Williams. Not that one.
2: (laughs) We got a message from Stephen. With all the congressional hearings confirming multiple UFO crash sites, does that mean aliens suck at flying?
3: That's a great question. I
2: think it's worth looking into.
3: They fly light years across our galaxy only to crash into Nevada.
2: (laughs) I also just really... (laughs) I really appreciate everyone who's tagging us on Taco Bell
3: posts. (laughs) (laughs) That was just a comedic aside on Kat's part.
2: I cannot get over it. Every time I'm like, what's this? It's a crunchy (laughs) gordy. It's the best thing.
0: (laughs) You guys are awesome. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast.
2: Okay, <clears throat> I'm going to put you in a, in a scenario, okay? Mm-hmm. Pre- are you prepared In a scenario? To, yeah.
3: I'd rather be put in a sauna, really, or, or just maybe have a massage. Ooh, I, w- I want a massage. I
2: think you should get one then. Okay. Okay, but anyway, use your imagination cap. We're going to, together, walk down a dimly lit street on a moonless night and a chill runs down your spine. There's an eerie silence, and it's broken only by the sound of your footsteps. Suddenly, a movement catches your eye. You turn your head, and there it is. A cat? Unlike any you've ever seen before, its fur seems to shift and shimmer as though it's made of liquid darkness. Its eyes, glowing with an unearthly light lock to your eyes, piercing through the darkness with an intensity that sends shivers down your spine. And it's standing on two legs.
3: No, it isn't.
2: In that moment, you realize you've stumbled upon something more than just feline.
3: So this isn't a cat just playing with a, with like the end of a piece of string standing on its hind legs. This is a cat that's clearly preparing to eat you.
2: In Missouri, they speak of the elusive galley wampus. In Arkansas, it takes the form of the whistling wampus. In Appalachia, it's just called wampus or wampus cat, a mysterious being. To some, it's part dog, part cat. It prowls the shadowy depths of the region, revealing itself only at twilight or the break of day. The wampus cat is a mythical creature from Appalachian folklore. According to legend, it's a fearsome creature with the body of a large cat and many variations. Some describe it as having multiple legs, more than you would expect, or a tail that's split in two like a snake's tongue. It's said to have glowing eyes and emit a terrifying scream. The origins and characteristics of the wampus vary across regions and versions of the legend. Some describe it as a malevolent creature that howls in the night and a harbinger of ill fortune, kind of like a mothman. Oh. If you see the wampus, something bad is coming.
3: Now, this is primarily located in the southern section of the United States, you're saying? Yes,
2: yeah, southeastern so far at least its yellow eyes it said possess an uncanny ability to penetrate your soul leaving people on the precipice of sanity the wampus cat is said to roam the forests of the appalachian mountains particularly in regions like tennessee kentucky north carolina its haunting presence serves as a cautionary tale and a way to explain mysterious sounds and disturbances in the wilderness While Wampus Cat is a fascinating part of Appalachian folklore, it's also important to remember it probably stems from the Cherokee. Oh, really? However, in Cherokee lore, the Wampus Cat holds a different significance than in Appalachian folklore. In Cherokee mythology, the Wampus Cat, also known as Uktena, or Uktani is a powerful and dangerous creature associated with great spiritual and supernatural powers. In one story, in Cherokee folklore, different accounts exist regarding the Wampus Cap, but this one revolves around Running Deer, a Cherokee woman who sought to confront the malevolent entity Iwa, also known as the Spirit of Madness. Driven by a desire for vengeance, Running Deer attributed her husband's standing bear's descent into madness to this spirit. Wow. So she armed herself with a booger mask, which is a thing that I learned about today. A
3: booger mask. Yes. I don't even want to know what that's made of.
2: The masks are usually used to mock powerful forces and defeat them.
3: Is that a good idea? I mean, the mocking... Oh, God, that's terrifying. Right? Holy crap.
2: And wonderful. So, Running Deer embodied the essence of a mountain cat and triumphed over the spirit, assuming the role of the tribe's spirit talker and home protector. And it's believed that Running Deer's spirit now resides within the Wampus Cat, safeguarding Cherokee lands from sinister forces. Another story goes like this. Centuries ago, a band of Cherokee warriors embarked on a lengthy hunting expedition. And because it was such a arduous journey, women were not allowed to go out with them. However, one woman decided to defy the village norms, and she donned a cougar's pelt. She shadowed the men's camp and pilfered their provisions. Unfortunately, she was spotted one night. The men brought her back to the village and she was subjected to punishment by the elders. The elders determined that her sentence should match her crime. She would be transformed into the very creature that she had sought to emulate, a cougar. So cursed by the tribe's shaman, she now roams the Appalachian region, consumed by a thirst for vengeance against men.
3: I'm wondering how, like, Skinwalker... Stuff ties in with this. I don't too. know. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame you.
2: The Uctana is deeply rooted in Cherokee spirituality and is often associated with sacred places and rituals. And in some places and stories, it's regarded as a guardian of powerful treasures or knowledge hidden within the earth. Having this creature appear in visions or in dreams is seen as a significant spiritual event, often serving as a test or challenge for individuals seeking wisdom or power. And all I can think of is, like, it would be the trigger to a vision quest for a young person, which makes me think of, like, kids that I went to high school with who would have been like, oh, no, I totally saw Octana in my dream last night, time for my vision quest. And it's like, no, you didn't, <laughs> Gary.
3: Gary.
2: Octana is associated with thunder and lightning, and its presence is believed to bring storms and other natural disasters. Now, it's important to note that Cherokee mythology encompasses a rich and diverse collection of stories, and the interpretation or details of the legend might vary among communities or storytellers. And it's just important to keep that in mind, that it's such a personal thing. And I'm probably doing a terrible job relaying this information. Now, the evolution of Wampus Cat is so intriguing. While its origins are primarily associated with Appalachian and Cherokee lore in the United States, similar mythical creatures with different names and characteristics can be found in other cultures around the world. For example, in European folklore, there are tales of a monstrous feline creature known as Catoblepas, which had a bovine-like body and could turn people to stone with its gaze.
3: It's incredible to me how many of these types of legends developed worldwide and oftentimes in pre-Columbian times, Mm. but yet they're so similar. It's it's remarkable.
2: In Latin American folklore, there are legends of a supernatural feline, which were believed to be shape-shifting witches or sorcerers with the ability to transform into animals. And like you said, these parallels suggest that the concept of a fearsome feline creature transcends boundaries, geographical and otherwise. But it is important to keep in mind that while there are similarities, each one has its own characteristics and cultural significance. The wampus cat, specifically associated with Appalachian and Cherokee, remains primarily tied to the U.S. And amidst the varied narratives, one thing remains clear. There is an undeniable air of fear that surrounds the wampus cat. It's a creature that shrouded mystery and the power of the unknown. And as we are once again walking along the dimly lit path... On a moonless night, we wonder what truths lie hidden within the legends of the Wampus and what dark secrets does it hide?
3: In that particular area, there's... The
2: Appalachian area? Yeah,
3: there's just so much undeveloped land there, raw wilderness. It's it's really hot. It's like northern Maine, the mm. uh, upper third of the state, the Allagash, they call it. There's nothing up there uh, besides... Spookies. Yeah, UFOs and Bigfoot.
2: And maybe a wampus cat or two. Maybe, I don't know. I got my information from AppalachianHistory.net, HowStuffWorks.com, SmallTownMyths.com, and any website that would help me with pronunciation.
3: We love it when you hang out with us, you guys. We look forward to it every single time. Or as my very bad translation app would say, Saddleback Nail Attacking Butterfly Clasp Ice Wallpaper Cups. Well, there's a parade outside the window. Let's wrap it up.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next time.
2: Until then, keep flying that freak flag.
1: Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so... Let it be known that the Box of Oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. The Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.